Right now, let's get to Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Vaughn, what is the rain like over in Victoria right now? It's been heavy here in Victoria, though nothing like what I'm hearing in the reports from the mainland. And I see up island some warnings about uh, rivers rising. So uh, I think the farther north you go on the island, the harder the rain hit. So the island didn't escape it, but at the same time, I'm you know listening to your reports on the news this morning. Nothing like what's gone on uh, up the Fraser Valley and into the interior. All right. Well, we're keeping an eye on that, too. Lots for you and I to talk about as well. I see the Premier managed to sneak back into the office. Yeah, back at work. Uh, The hardworking Premier, I would say, you know, that one of the big dramatic things we've seen with John Horgan is when he was opposition leader, he, you know, now says he hated the job and it showed. And as Premier, his line is, I jump out in the bed in the morning and look forward to going to work. So he did get back to work. Within just a few days of uh, the surgery on his throat for the biopsy and the diagnosis that it's cancer, uh, he was already chairing cabinet meetings. And, I mean, it's funny now because you hear this from his staff that they were just bombarded with emails and phone calls about everything in sight. And, uh, yeah, they were joking they were going to have to either use call identification or put him on the block Sanders list. He was phoning so much. So he came back to work on Wednesday. Um, He's not, you know, uh, fully back at work all the time. There's clearly a health issue there. I gather he starts radiation treatment next month, and that can knock you out. But a very upbeat John Horgan, as he usually is. I know he attended the Remembrance Day ceremony in his uh, hometown of Langford on the 11th. So um, I expect he'll show up in the legislature. He has such a a tonic effect on his own side when he's in there that, uh, you know, desk thumping and excitement and upbeat uh, from the leader that I expect he'll be back in the House this week when the legislature resumes and the fall session resumes today. Okay, so there is that. And I guess one of the things maybe that he'll be helping his government respond to is the criticism that they're facing over this funding for families who are dealing with an autistic child. Yeah, you know, this is one of these things where you go, like, why is the government so damn stubborn and controlling about acknowledging that they've created a problem? So with assistance for autism, you have to apply and then design. Uh, you have a range of options that are available, government-funded, and parents have to get involved in that and set up a program. And there's a waiting list. And people have been complaining that sometimes you're waiting a couple of years. So the government stepped in to fix that problem. But in the course of fixing the problem, they announced it and launched it in a way that the parents who had gone to all of the hard work and trouble and stress and effort to set up programs for their kids... They assumed, because of the way the government announced it, that they were going to be pushed aside. They, w- they weren't being grandparented into the program. They were going to start all over again. And the opposition has been reading out these letters from parents. This is not the opposition. This is the opposition reading out the words of actual parents who feel cut loose and threatened and anxious. And heavens knows they have enough on their minds already dealing with this issue with their children that they don't need the stress. 
And the answers from the minister, Mitzi Dean, have been the kind of thing they write in the premier's office when they just want to ignore the opposition. Mm-hmm. She's just been, oh, no, we're listening to parents. Well, clearly the letters indicate you're not listening to parents. So the, the, the answers went on the whole week before the House adjourned, Simi. These answers came from the minister. They were totally inadequate. And I keep going... I don't believe the NDP set out to punish people whose kids have autism. So why the hell don't you come out and admit that you got it wrong on the launch and change it, but not a sign of it? You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that stupid argument that the last liberal government got in over cutting off the bus passes for the disabled. Like, why would you do that? You had a budget surplus. Like, why pick a fight with the disabled? But every day they, you know, you'd get these, oh, no, we're not really doing that. And, oh, you're misunderstanding and everything. Like, folks, the messages overwhelmingly from the parents of autistic children are, you got this wrong, tell us you're going to fix it, but they haven't done it. Okay, so there's that to watch out for. And the other story that we're keeping an eye on for today has to do with the coastal gas link pipeline situation, right, in the Wet'suwet'en territory? Yeah, so this is a gas pipeline that is under construction in northern British Columbia and that will bring natural gas from the northeast to the LNG terminal under construction in Kitimat. And two years ago, the subject of a major showdown with the Wet'suwet'en people whose traditional territory is right in the middle of the line, Remember, there were, the legislature was under siege. There was protests across the country. Federal and provincial governments stepped in and said, hey, we're going to negotiate this. We're going to settle all this. And they've been at it ever since. Well, on the weekend, uh, some of the Wet'suwet'en leaders served an eviction notice on the workers on their section, that section, the relevant one, of the line. And... Well, we haven't heard a response from the company yet. We haven't heard a response from the government yet. But uh, I'll, I'll send you the link, Simi, and you can post it if you want. But if you go on the construction update for that gas pipeline, you will see that a big chunk of that line is built. But there's a section in the middle that flanks where these protests are, 78 kilometers. No pipe at all has been laid yet. And you go... You can't finish a gas pipeline, due to be finished in 2023, without building that section. And there's been basically no progress on that section of the line, 78 kilometers long, since this standoff began two years ago. That does not bode well for all of this. It doesn't bode well because this is an international project. Shell, uh, the Koreans, the Chinese, the Japanese are all investing. They're buying lining up to buy natural gas, liquefied natural gas from this project. But, you know, those companies are presumably monitoring the situation. Federal and provincial government have assured them, don't worry, we'll get this done. But it hasn't gone the way those governments have promised. And you do wonder, these international investors, at some point they're going to go, we're not going to be able to get gas out of that thing unless they get that pipeline built. And so far, there's that section in the middle where they haven't got any pipe put down yet at all. I'm so surprised. But like after everything that's happened. Yep. 
nothing. No, I mean, that community is divided. We know that. Some of the leaders and the elected leaders in the Wet'suwet'en have signed benefit-sharing agreements and want the project to go ahead. Uh, some of the hereditary leaders have opposed the project, but they, there was a commitment from the government that we will go in and negotiate Aboriginal rights and title with the Wet'suwet'en, and meanwhile, construction will continue. Well, construction has continued. They've got a lot done on a number of sections of that project. 5,000 people working on that project. So it's not like nothing has right. got done. But there's the gap in the middle, as I said, 78 kilometers long, where they've basically got no pipeline. It's 0% is the marker on construction of the line in that area. Well, I don't know how long that can go on. They say that, you know, they're going to get it done in 2023, so there's still time, but it hasn't gone nearly as well as the government's promised us it would go. All right, Vaughn, thank you for that. Bye-bye, Cindy.